It's time for Michigan's newest sports talk show, Mitt Madness. And here he goes, defense win championship. Michigan sports talk from here in Battle Creek. The latest stories, the biggest games, all across the Mitten State. That's not something to play Streaming live and on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app. Here are your hosts, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Hello there, good morning. It is Mitten Madness on 95.3 WBCK. I'm Jacob Harrison, brand manager of BCK. That's Dejon Hughes, brand manager of Block 1025 and 104.9 there in Battle Creek. A lot to get into. We're full swing in pretty much every sport other than baseball, which just came to an end. Congrats to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series for the first time. Uh, yeah, and whatever. Um, do have a little nugget about the, the Tigers that, that I'll drop at some point during the show. Might as well just drop it now. We ain't got nothing else to say about that. Yeah, uh, way too early power rankings for next year. Detroit Tigers, 18th. Solid. According to ESPN, I just, what, I just four, four spots out of a playoff prediction? Mm-hmm. Not bad for, for the Tigers whatsoever. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, if the Tigers are on the up and up, the same way the Red Wings and the Lions are, and the way that we hope the Pistons are, we gotta see a little bit more out of them, then, wow, Detroit. Man, throw Michigan into that I that boiler pot. It's I mean, a, it's a sports city again. We're back. You know, I was uh, we were we were joking in my fantasy chat the other night, DJ, because I have a, a friend who, shortly before I left the Tuscaloosa stations, he moved out to Texas. Well, both Texas teams have <laughs> won the World Series over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Texas Longhorns, you know, obviously they're back. Dallas is still Dallas. Uh, so like, decent. oh, the obvious <laughs> thing decent? was very tongue in cheek. By the way, <laughs> I don't know if I made that off, made that too clear. Houston looks good though. The Texans do. Uh, so I mean, you know, a lot of, so he was joking about how he's the good luck charm. You know, I came up here, and uh, Alabama fell off a little bit, and my Steelers just become unwatchable. Stop it! And now the Lions Stop it right now, and Michigan. Stop it right now, and the Red. I'm just, I'm just, Stop I'm not right saying, now. I'm just saying. You are saying. <laughs> we fought for this for a very long time. It has nothing to do with you and your beard coming up from Alabama. <laughs> Get out of here. Y'all hear this guy? I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I am a good luck charm a little bit. Hey, well, we're happy to have you here. Yeah, the no, it's fun. And I'm enjoying uh, watching the resurgence of all Detroit sports. It makes this show a lot easier to do. That's for sure. Uh, you know, it gives you room to to have some room for some complaints, but also a lot of uh, room for optimism, which I'm a big fan of when it comes to, to all sports. But we skipped over the, the usual routine here, DJ. How, how's the week going? How's the, the weekend shaping up? Last weekend was good for me, other than being cold. I did not win a championship, and I did get a little bit sick, but it was so worth it. I had so much fun with my guys while we were out doing the fall lacrosse thing. Um, Packers disappointed me like I expected. Um, <laughs> but with coupons getting hurt, that made me cry about my fantasy team. But I picked up CJ Stroud. I'm okay there. Fantasy's fine. I'm still in first place, 13-3 and three on the year when you add in the league median. I'm doing very well. Yeah, the uh the this fa- week Purdue scares me. Well uh but 
the Packers suck, so <laughs> we'll get to the, we'll get to the Purdue game in here in just a second. We'll talk a lot of Michigan football here at the start of the show. Uh, on the fantasy front, I feel you because uh, Jimmy G just lost his job, and that was my third quarterback in a two two quarterback league. So I'm rolling with Tyler Heineke this week with uh, Trevor Lawrence on bye, and uh, I'm undefeated. I feel like I should stay undefeated, but I am playing against the team that scored the most points last week. Heineke's got you, bro. Just just be calm. You good. I'd, I'd rather have a Heineken than watch Heineke <laughs> play football. Uh, That's a good one. I, I will say, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. At least I don't have to watch Mitchell Trubisky play football <laughs> tonight. <laughs> At least this Kenny weekend. Pickett is back. Yeah. Uh, let's get into what the people actually want to hear about. Uh, it's not our fantasy teams. It's the Michigan Wolverines and all Detroit sports. Uh, we'll touch on what's going on with the Spartans here in a little bit as well. Uh, but the Michigan Wolverines, bad news during the week. Uh, and it necessarily didn't have anything to do with the uh, sign stealing. Although whoever's stealing the signs and the letters at the, uh, the Kalamazoo Growlers, they need to stop. They do. Uh, Thank you for <laughs> that out there. If you haven't read that article yet, please go do so. Yeah, go check it out. I think it's on BCK by now. Um, with the the release of the college football playoff rankings, Michigan is no longer the second best team in the country. And no, they didn't get bumped to the first spot. That went to the bitter rivals down in that south to the that state to the south. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes are the number one team in the land. Georgia is number two, and the Michigan Wolverines are number three. DJ, you're giving me a lot of shrugs. Like, who cares? What what? amount do you care what amount do michigan fans care that they are number three in the land i personally don't think i i know i don't care at all and i I don't think a lot of fans or the team really cares either the biggest thing is what you'll hear a lot of coaches say about the playoffs you just have to get there michigan's cool with three they're in the they're in the play if the playoffs started today they're in it and they're playing that's all that matters they got to get there and then what matters is what happens in the games in the playoff So Michigan is just worried about getting there. And it's just more bulletin board material to throw up. Oh, Ohio State gets lucky against Notre Dame, who was a player short. And that's the reason why they won that game. They squeak past Penn State. So they have this such a good resume. You know, they beat a ranked Maryland who was ranked at the time and hasn't been since because they played really bad football since then. So they have this great resume to throw them up top. Cool. That just makes it look even better when we beat them November 25th. Stomp their face in, and then boom. We're the best team in the country because the team you thought was the best team in the country wasn't all that good because we were better than them. And you know what else I really liked? Michigan's played nothing but cupcakes, huh? Well, what was Michigan's strength of schedule when that CFP came out? 11th. They have the 11th hardest schedule in the country according to the CFP rankings. Are you serious? I am so serious. That is because laughable. Because if you look, it's laughable, but when you look at Michigan's season and who they've played, only a few of them, and I believe it's just Indiana and one more team, that have a losing record this year. Everyone else is winning and doing very well in their conference. So, yeah, we didn't play any ranked teams, but we're playing teams that are out there beating everybody else. So we played good football teams, and we destroyed them. So that does show exactly how good we look. It's just bulletin board material. We're number three. Cool. We'll show you we're better than Ohio State in a couple weeks, and then you're going to put us in the CFP, and whoever we come up against there, we'll show you we're better than them too. That's really just what it comes down to is getting to the playoff. Michigan doesn't care what ranking you give them, as long as they're in that top four. 
They'll prove to you by the end of the year why they should be number one. I just selfishly want to see that small little number one next to the name on the app and the TV and all that because I haven't seen it before. So I selfishly want to see that. But realistically, I don't think it's a big deal. Michigan will close uh, the season out here in November with Purdue, which will be on BCK later tonight. Kickoff set for 730. Next week at Penn State, Maryland at uh, at the Terps, and then home Thanksgiving weekend against Ohio State. Again, Ohio State is number one, Georgia number two, Michigan number three, Florida State number four, Washington number five. Five undefeated teams in the top five. We were talking the other day. This is actually, I mean, I know we're at that point, right? November is where, it, November is the witching hour. Mm-hmm. November is when a lot of things just go haywire. Like, because not last week we're, we were thinking, oh, there's no way Oklahoma doesn't make the playoffs. Well, now <laughs> there's an opportunity where Texas actually could get back into that situation. Mm-hmm. Alabama's door is back open, which I'm a fan of. of uh, but Washington, Florida State, like these are two teams that haven't been here before. I mean, Washington's been to the playoffs before, but that was eons ago. There's a real possibility that we either A, see a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff, finally, or we at least have a team from four different conferences in. But we could also fall ourselves into a situation, realistically, where like it's just the Big Ten and the SEC again. It, it There's a lot of things that can happen. It's a very exciting kind of way for the playoffs to, to be rounded out right now. I think the one thing that we should feel rather confident about in is I think – with enough chaos, I really do think it'll be very difficult for Michigan to miss the playoff, even if they finish 11 and one with that one loss being to Ohio State. Now that Ohio State is number one. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Michigan losing to Ohio State. Neither do I. Neither do I. They're just too good. Yeah. Um, but before we run out of time, I want to touch on that team to the Northwest from Ann Arbor up in East Lansing. Spartan fans, you got a little bit to be excited about this weekend. This is one of the two chances that we believe you have left to win a game. Who's we? I'm not saying Nebraska. You got a rat in your pocket? No. Because it ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a part of this we nonsense. I'm not saying State can and should go in and beat Nebraska, but I think this is one of the games out of the four you have left that you have to have circled like, we have better chances in this game than we do against Penn State and Ohio State. That's where I'm going with that. Like, especially because this is in East Lansing, show up, be there, be loud, try and give your team some help because this is one of the few chances you have left to salvage your Big Ten season this year because you haven't beat anybody in the Big Ten. 47% chance for them to win. They're three-point dogs, 34.5 point under, uh, over under, excuse me. Nebraska is on a three-game winning streak against some of the worst teams in the Big Ten, that being Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue in order. Um, most of those healthy wins, not really close margins at all. And Michigan State is on a dour spiral into a the blackest of black holes. Until they play Indiana, which is two butt whoopings from now, Michigan State doesn't have a chance to win. They don't. And I'm telling look, whoever takes over this team next year and they have to look at this year's schedule and potentially see a win over Central Michigan and Richmond as the lowest 
on this schedule, woof. Good luck to you, sir or madam. Make some history. I don't know. Maybe that would change some optics around here given current circumstances. It's it's rough for Michigan State. Uh, we'll come back and continue the conversation around the world of Detroit sports. We'll get into the professional things. Uh, Lions coming up soon as well as our picks here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK. Play. Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Let's touch on uh, the two teams that are getting their season started. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, well, we'll start first. They're two and three uh, at the moment that we're recording. We're recording on Thursday, so they have not yet played the Pelicans for us. You already know the outcome of that game. It is a winnable game uh, by all accounts as somebody that has in the past kept up with the New Orleans Pelicans. Very winnable game. Sunday, tomorrow, they will... Uh, host the Phoenix Suns and then double that up on Monday with Golden State, Wednesday Milwaukee, <laughs> Friday Philadelphia. It's a murderer's row next week. It's not going to be an easy one. Uh, hard to get kind of a grip on where the team is, but what information we do have so far was a win over Charlotte, a win over Chicago, and then two losses uh, to Oklahoma City and Portland, which are two that I think you probably should have had, but you can't win them all. This is basketball. It's 82 games. Uh, DJ, where are we at right now with, with the Pistons? How are you feeling about how this season is starting? It doesn't seem like it has quite the same energy that the Lions or the Red Wings have had. Um, if you're looking for that from them, you're completely wrong. Right. And you need to look at this team so much differently. And you are the problem with the Detroit Pistons right now. Me? No, not necessarily okay. you, but like, <laughs> I'm speaking His to eyes like, got wide. No, I'm, like, to those, I'm the problem. <laughs> no, I'm speaking to those people who are addressing this team or looking at this team like they should be on the level of what the Red Wings and the Lions are playing right now because they're young and they've been hurt. And this is the first time they're actually playing together. They're getting chemistry. They're gelling. They're learning how each other actually play on the court in a real game against competition. It takes time to get that together, no matter who you are. Um, let's look back at the Celtics big three with, or big four really with Ray John Rondo, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. They needed time to figure that out. Uh, Kobe, when he had Shaq and Derek Fisher and, and Lamar Odom and, you know, Pau Gasol, all those guys, all of those teams in the different renditions he had took time to figure out how to play with each other. Even Jordan's teams had to take time to figure out how to play with each other. That's a part of basketball. This team is in that phase of getting chemistry and learning each other and knowing what's best, where a guy likes to catch the ball, where he likes to shoot it from, when he's going to cut, what that cut looks like, what his lob signal is. All of these things are different in each player. They all have to learn them for each other, and they have to learn to want to play for each other and, and want to fight for each other and be there. Once they have that camaraderie where it's this is a true brotherhood and we know that everybody here is bought in and we're going for a championship because that's what we all want. There's no individuality here. It's not just about stats and getting my paycheck and my incentives. This team will take that step up 
and and move forward. And they play very physical. It's it's a small. This is a, a similar rendition to the Bad Boys. It's like a remake of the Bad Boys and in, in the way they play basketball. They want to play fast. They want to play tough. They want to play aggressive, and they want to make it a forty eight minute grind if you want to win a game. And I think what's interesting is even with putting certain things in perspective, Detroit the the Pistons are still on a rise that should be respected. I just look it's as low as two dollars. Yeah, go watch a Pistons game. To the game tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like we record this on Thursday, that Pelicans game tonight in New Orleans are two dollar tickets. Go watch Caden Zion battle. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean you probably already have if you were going to. Uh still able to put things in perspective for the Pistons. Yes, they can they're they're not necessarily at the point where we should be talking about them in the same vein as these other two teams that are really in a position to make playoff noise. That may not be the case for the Pistons. It's a long season, but the first power rankings of the season before Wednesday's loss to the uh, Portland Trails Trailblazers, nine-point loss that was, ESPN had them in the power rankings at 19, up from 27. That's the first power rankings of the year, and they're already that high, and a big reason why uh, is Jalen Duran and what he's doing and averaging 15, 13, and two, uh, two being blocks, obviously. It, when you've uncovered an extra piece, right? And in the offseason, a lot of talk was, they need that first overall pick. They need Wemby, yada, 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 yada. But one of the most surprising and, and best aspects of this team so far is somebody under the basket, like Jalen Duran, doing what he's doing and pairing nicely with Kate Cunningham and the rest of that young roster. I think you're, you're maybe, a, a you know, before the trade deadline piece to really make some noise, but you gotta, you gotta use this foundation. I, when I say make noise, I mean, take that next step in the season. I'm not saying I become I, dangerous. Dude, I don't touch this team. I understand. I don't touch this team. I understand. I'm I, just saying right now is, is a foundation point. Yes. You, where you, you if build, you build a solid foundation, that determines how aggressive you should be. And in, in, in the off season, free agency and draft. Yeah. Let this year go. This is a process. Don't, do not touch but this make team this a whatsoever. Foundation. Make this a foundation year. Get into the play in. Cause I, I think this team is top 10. Yeah. I don't think they're top eight, top six, but I think they're top 10, which gives them a play in spot. And then anything can happen from there. Get into the play in. That kind out. of thing just makes you a desirable place. Exactly. And, and, and when you pair that in with everything else that's going on with Detroit sports right now, it yeah. just, it and makes this, it more desirable, which is putting money back into the city, which is going to make the city more desirable, which means a big name guy wouldn't mind living in Detroit if the city is going to be desirable. The, Everything is stacking up for the Pistons to move forward. And I think so many people have undermined what Azur Thompson brings to the team. Mm. He is a defensive stalwart, and he's also led the team in rebounding in the last two games. He had 10 against uh, the Thunder, and then he had another seven against the Trailblazers, leading the team in rebounds. If your small forward is going to lead your team in rebounds from time to time, and he's not named LeBron James <laughs> or, or, you know, Kevin Durant, J- Jason Tatum, like, that's crazy. He's doing it subtly, like, oh, yeah, I, I, my team needed a rebound, so I went and got it. They need me to score some points, I will. I'll lock a guy down. Like, I'm just here doing what the team needs me. And, and that is exactly what this team needed in the draft. The Pistons did a great job in the last couple drafts. And I'll continue to say that this team is trending in the right direction. Shouldn't be touched in terms of trades or anything like that. Ride this roster out and then look and see what you can get in the offseason. 
look to continue to work magic in the draft, which has not been a Pistons thing of the of the past. They are notorious for messing up drafts. The last couple have been very good. Switching over to the Red Wings real quick. They are one and one since last we talked. Obviously, again, they are playing on Thursday night, which is when we're recording, so we don't know the outcome of the Florida game. I would anticipate that that would be a win uh, if I can step out in front of that a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, the Red Wings are averaging four goals a game, which is top five in the NHL. They're doing very well in the power play and those types of things. They're very effective. Now, the loss to the Bruins hurts. The the loss to the Jets, probably, you know, the last time we talked, they had just lo- dropped 1-4-1 to, to the Winnipeg Jets. The loss to the Bruins does hurt, but the Bruins are one of the best teams in the entire league. They do sit atop your division, so you do want to challenge them when you've got them several times between now and New Year's. Uh, and obviously, tonight, as you're listening to it, they will host the Bruins rather than traveling up to Boston. And I think that's a... That's a pretty big early season game for them. Like the the road to Boston was for sure. They dropped that one, but this is a return chance to show that in your house you are not to be trifled with and and to come away with a big win. Yeah, it's oh, you know, going going to Boston was tough because Boston's really good. The yeah. top, top of the division and such. Fine. You can take that L, but the this Florida game is interesting to me. I was looking at their, you know, their their schedule. And it's ugly. It, it, like, for example, they just lost their most recent game to Boston 3-2 in overtime. Mm. But then you look at their earlier in the year, they lost 2-0 to Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. And, yeah, literally, Minnesota. Like, And then they lost to Winnipeg 2-6-4. And they, they lost to Vancouver 5-3. Like, I don't know what Florida team is going to show up. Right. If you get the Florida team that beat Toronto 3-1 or beat Seattle 3-2 or just took Boston to overtime 3-2, the Wings might have a game on their hands. But well, the, I mean, that game has already happened. Not, not, not to Hypothetically, us. yes. That, that game is already – so it's it, – They might have had a game on their hands. But they, at the same time, they could have got the Minnesota team <laughs> that played a – that you know, that Florida Panthers team that played Minnesota, and the Wings washed them. You know what happened already, but like that, that just, that's a scary game for me. But looking forward, you gotta, with Boston coming here, you gotta make some kind of statement. Even if you don't win that game, taking that game to overtime, getting a point in that game would be huge. And it's just something like that. And then I think you gotta take control after that. Moving forward for the next couple games. That's a very winnable stretch of games right yeah, there I before mean, Thanksgiving. I trust you to beat New York, Montreal, possibly Columbus, and Ottawa before you get to Toronto, which might be tough. And if you can beat Toronto and New Jersey and head back into Boston on like a seven game win streak, Oof. who says you don't beat Boston too? Yeah. And I'm, and, and even if you don't, I'm okay with you dropping one to Boston because you just won seven in a row and you're still scoring at an all time pace. Like, and the important thing is just to keep pace in, in the division, right? If you're yeah. keeping pace with Tampa Bay and Montreal and, and Toronto, like you're just. You're setting yourself up very well to be in a position where you want to be later in the season. We were, I was looking through the schedule earlier and, you know, being the newbie to, to hockey that I am, I was very interested in the fact that, that Detroit doesn't play Boston again after New Year's. So it's a, it's kind of an interesting setup to where those three teams are the teams that you're going to have to deal with the most once the calendar turns to the new year. And those are the teams that you're really, really competing with. Boston's going to be up there. I think we're, we're kind of at that point where it's like, 
like, yeah, okay, they're 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 pretty good. They're going to be all right. But contending with those teams in the middle, especially Tampa Bay and and Tor- Toronto, which have been really solid teams over the past several years, even for an outsider like me to know that they've been successful, that's how good they've been. So it's a it's it's a very interesting situation, I think, for the Red Wings overall to kind of get thrust into this position a little bit sooner than I think people necessarily anticipated, but props to Derek LaDonda and, and the roster and everybody involved in, in getting the Red Wings to where they are this quickly because it's it kind of challenges the Lions' pace to how the Lions kind of burst onto the scene. Stevie Y. It, it's incredible. He's the best GM to ever touch the hockey ice. Stevie <laughs> Yeiserman. But I mean that's that's it, man. I'm I'm excited to see what both the Pistons and Red Wings have coming for us in the next couple days. We'll touch on them again next week. But for now, we're gonna get ready to touch on the Lions and what just happened in their last week as they head into the bye on Mid Madness here on ninety five point three WBCK. Detroit sports fans, Wolverines and Spartans alike. This is your sports show. Mitten Madness with Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes on 95.3 WBCK. Madness 95.3 WBCK Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes time to talk some Detroit Lions they're off this week in two weeks they'll be heading down to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers uh, this past week Monday night beat the Raiders 26 to 14 and that uh, spelled the end of the Josh McDaniels era couldn't uh, happen any sooner I imagine that was a very poorly run football team and uh, the outcome of that game kind of proved it when you only get one completion to Devontae Adams one of the best receivers in the NFL it's kind of kind of rough I will say one thing out of that game, DJ, that game specifically that did give me a pause for concern was the Raiders kind of hung around a little bit more. Like the score isn't very indicative of it, but you know, Troy Aikman kept saying it over and over. Like this is one play away from being a game that is way too close. And it kind of felt that way. And there was one play that almost happened to Devontae Adams that would have been that play. A lot of drives ended in field goals. And late in the game, they struggled to run the ball to close it. Obviously, you're missing David Montgomery that's part of it. Craig Reynolds is great. Jameer Gibbs is great, but that's not necessarily within the context of what they're here to do. That's what David Montgomery is here for. Does does it, Am I alone in that? Do, do you see where I'm coming from? Do you agree? Or is this just another step in the learning curve for the Detroit Lions as they get into a rather easy portion of their schedule? Yeah, I think it's just a learning curve thing. So many of these guys haven't been here before some of these guys haven't ever won this many games to where they're in a position to be quote-unquote dominating a team like a lot of people felt like they probably should have ran all over the Raiders like but when is the last time people have ever expected the Lions to run all over anyone you know this is kind of the first year that they're having these real kind of expectations put on them and they're adjusting to it they're getting ready for it and it's going to take time and and people forget professional sports are hard and sometimes the best teams lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. The Eagles lost to the Jets. They probably shouldn't have lost that game. The 49ers, I can't remember who they first lost to, but I don't think they should have lost that game either. Like, good teams lose to bad teams because sometimes bad teams get a break or bad teams just have a good day and that good team wasn't on their best. It's a part of sports. It's what makes sports fun and good. It's what we love about sports is that there's parity in every league. Who wants to watch a league where you know exactly who's going to win? Nobody. 
lot of people like college football, DJ. Yeah, but you don't know exactly. You don't know, who, <laughs> but you don't know exactly who's going to win. In I know it's ninety percent of the time. You know, there's so much. But there's still a ton of parity in college football. There is, yeah. Oklahoma losing to Kansas, plenty of parity just in one game that shook up a lot. Yeah, you know, so it, it's just that idea, and you want to still have that in the NFL, and that's kind of what this game gave the Lions fans. It, it provided that parity concept of yeah, this Lions team is good, but they don't play to their full potential, a team like the Raiders, who shouldn't even be in competition, can hang around. And nonetheless, um, overall, the Lions did look great. I mean, they dominated in every way but the scoreboard. Uh, so kudos to them. The one pick six, you know, that they've been doing that forever. It's it's not a situation, I think, where really anything is a cause for concern, but you would like to see that be cleaned up. This Chargers game isn't going to be an easy one, especially if they get some momentum on Monday night from a win over the Jets. Uh, which is very plausible. Uh, the Chargers are a very talented team. They don't always play up to their talent. The Detroit Lions, while yes, they have a lot of talent, they're not the most talented team in the NFL, but they play all the way up to their full capabilities almost every single week. They didn't necessarily do that against the Raiders, and I think that's why the score was a little bit closer. You do that against the Chargers, though, you very well can win that game because uh, the Chargers just tend not to do that. Uh, then after that, it's Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, four wins right there and the division clinch most likely. Likely, I, what are you adding about? <laughs> that Saints team is weird when they play in the Superdome, especially this year. And the, the line of scrimmage battle is going to be interesting because the Saints are built upon getting Alvin Kamara started, whether it's on the ground or it's in that short passing game. If the Lions can stunt that, which I pray to God they don't because he's on my fantasy team. Sorry, Lions fans. <laughs> I need Alvin Kamara to do well. But other than that, like if they don't stunt that, the, the Saints could really run away with that game in terms terms of how good they do offensively when that team is running behind a clicking Alvin Kamara they're very good yeah I'm not scared of the Saints uh let's <laughs> let's look to a part where a lot of fans were very happy to see Jameer Gibbs get a ton of usage in this game uh much more than than what we have seen in recent or really throughout the entire season to this point uh Jameer Gibbs goes off in that game I think he had over 100 yards from scrimmage he also took the team lead in rushing yards. Uh, he's now at 399 with 76 carries to David Montgomery's 94 to 385. Montgomery is obviously <clears throat> excuse me, missed a couple of games. Montgomery has a ton of touchdowns. That's where his value is also in closing out the game. But Jameer Gibbs hasn't put the ball on the turf as a runner and he's making a lot of plays in the run and the passing game and now we're finally getting to see that and it's as an Alabama fan I really love to see it. This dude didn't get utilized correctly at Alabama and now he's finally starting to get some of that usage that we had hoped to see out of the gate. I mean, I'm, excuse me, I'm happy to see that because he's on my fantasy team and he did fantastic for me in fantasy last week because he got the usage that a lot of people, including myself, felt like he should have gotten at the 12th pick. Like, he's that good of a running back that you did pick him at 12, so use him like you picked him at 12. And he finally showed why he was picked at 12 and I think we're going to begin to see him be used more often because it's paid off the last couple weeks in upping his usage. There's now a reason for Dan Campbell to say I trust this rookie to go in and do X, Y, and Z because I've seen him do it. And I think that was the biggest thing was Dan Campbell couldn't say that before. He couldn't say, yes, this rookie has come in and done this, this, and this. Now he can 100% say that and trust him in so many different scenarios that his usage has to go up. And did we see the woman that pulled him into the stands? If you're single, ma'am, so am I. <laughs> Hit me up. DJ said, mommy. Uh, 
last point on the Lions, Jamison Williams. Uh, the Detroit Lions were not uh, quiet during the trade deadline proceedings. They went out and traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who went to the University of Michigan, of course. Jamison Williams is my dude. Uh, he is a very talented receiver. He's not a one-trick pony. He's often being used as one to kind of get him integrated, and often that means Jared Goff is not able to deliver the most catchable passes to him. He's made some insane catches. The touchdown catch that he has this year, insane catch. It's not easy to pull off what he did for that reception. That said, 15 targets, 6 catches, 71 yards, and the tutty. Jamison is slow out of the gate, out of his suspension, and they go trade for a wide receiver. This team's full of weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown, Laporta, Reynolds, Raymond, Gibbs. There's really not a lot to be worried about for the team aspect. But if you're Jamison Williams, are you worried about him, or as if you're a fan of him like I am, should you be? No, I think they're still going to give him time. He's been hurt, suspended and such. He has to have time to acclimate to the team and the league and everything. He's going to be fine. Uh, the Lions don't have a great return game, and DPJ has been one of the better returners in all of the league in the past years since he's been in. Why is no one looking at that in terms of they're just trying to better their special team? Maybe he gets a few snaps on offense because he didn't even play a lot of snaps on offense for the Browns. He is a special teams player, and that's probably why the Lions went and traded him. Open up the scope. Don't be black and white on this Lions. There's a gray area to this. Just wore gray jerseys. So think in it. It's okay. DPJ is most likely going to do more special teams than he does offense, and Jamison Williams will be just fine once he settles it. Yeah, the past several years, it's been like, when is DPJ going to break out in Cleveland? And he never really did. Uh, as far as the kickoffs things go, Khalil Dorsey has five returns on kickoffs for 88 yards, uh, and that is basically it on kickoffs for punts. It's been Khalif Raymond. I would not anticipate that to change. He's been doing pretty solid. 15 returns, 156 yards. If you're getting 10 yards of return on punts, you're doing your job. Uh, I only say that may change because they actually run Khalif Raymond on offense. So if you can save his energy and still get the same production out of DPJ and now all of Khalif Raymond's energy is for offensive purposes, why not? Well, because I think Khalif Raymond is like the fourth receiver technically in this offense. Um, Yeah, 23 targets. But none of them are always healthy, so. True. No, <laughs> hey, look. I have Amon Ross St. Brown in fantasy. I know he is not always healthy. Uh, but, I was, yeah, I mean, he's, he's fourth or fifth on the team, fifth on the team in targets. So I, I, I think you just kind of utilize him where you can utilize him. And plus, I think he had like a streak. I think it was, it, I, I want to say it was Raymond, where all of his catches at one point in the season, uh, six or seven weeks into the season, all of them were either first downs or touchdowns. I, I, I'm letting that dude touch the ball a little bit more than I already have uh, with that being the case. But we'll take a break. When we come back, it's time for our picks and to wrap up this week's show here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK. Now at 95.3 WBCK. Mitten Madness, 95.3 WBCK, Jacob Harrison and Dejan Hughes. It's time for our picks as we close out this week's edition of the show. DJ, where are we at on these picks, man? So last week, we did pretty well, only splitting on the Oregon and Utah game. You ended up going 4-2 and two oh. as we both dropped that Steelers game, and I ended up beating you out, taking Oregon over Utah. So I went 5-1, and one, putting me up to 39-14 and 14 on the year. You went 4-2, and two, putting you up at 37-17 and 17 on the year. 
So two games back. You are back to two games behind. Yeah. Ugh, absolute pain. All right, well, let's get it started with uh, some really difficult picks this week, and maybe we can uh, turn that fortune around for myself and get back on the track of uh, taking over the top spot. Uh, we still have also, yeah, we we I brought it up last week about this needs to be for something. We did not talk about that at all last week. So eventually we got to get to this point. Do we want to get on trophy smack and get a belt or a trophy or something to have around the office? See, I feel like if we got a belt, a belt then other people in the office would want to get in on it <laughs> they yeah, would be so right. jealous of the belt kevin would be in here josh would be in here. yeah you're right lunch, ed would be in mark here. yeah like, no lunch on you or me lunch on loser uh you would just assume that it was on uh it was gonna be all on my plate huh i mean i i'm doing pretty well lunch on the loser i think i think the people might think that's a little light i, I mean that would be heavy on my wallet I mean, both of our wallet we both work at radio <laughs> <laughs> try to be favorable but if you want to do that i mean my my other option was Jersey of Choice. Oh, that's da- ooh, expensive. That's very expensive. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. That that would be really nice, but I, I legitimately could not do that. We'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep throwing out ideas every week until we finally come to a conclusion. How's that sound? <laughs> or use the chat feature on the WBCK yeah. app and let us know yourself of a suggestion you have. Yeah, for sure. Open up that app. Download it. Do the thing. Let's start week, or let's start with uh, the week's first matchup on Sunday. It's in Germany. Germany. It's Kansas City technically hosting the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City last week looked like dog water. They lost to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos lost to the Miami Dolphins 70 to 20. I love the NFL <laughs> because Kansas City and Miami is one of the most exciting games of the weekend. All in the face of that. Uh, the Dolphins have a high flying offense. Patrick Mahomes did not look good last week, but he should return to form. Uh, I guess it's worth noting, though, I don't think Taylor Swift is going to be in Germany. So we'll see how the, the Chiefs offense performs without her present. DJ, who do you got winning this one out in Dutchland? It's Miami or Kansas City. You know what's wild? Miami hasn't let me down this year when I picked them, and Tua's been balling on my fantasy squad, and I like what they have offensively against this Chiefs defense. I think they continue to be very high scoring, and it's going to come down to their defense getting one stop or a couple, and I trust them to at least get one. I'm going to take Miami with this one. See, I want to take Miami, but I'm kind of curious how Kansas City responds Responds. Now they they obviously they lost to the Lions and then they responded. Now they've lost to the Broncos, much worse team than the Lions. How do they respond again? I want to see Kansas City come back and show that a they don't need the presence of a Taylor Swift to perform well, and b that they are legitimate. They are still the ringleaders of the AFC. Everything everything still goes through them. I think they're going to play pissed off and inspired. One thing they've got to protect Patrick Mahomes better, uh, especially if this does get into where I think it's going to be, which is a fourth quarter comebacks territory for him. He's going to have the ball last and, and have to try to win this thing. He's got to have some protection to get the ball to these receivers who are already under-talented to what he is used to. Uh, but I think the experience of the situation, Mahomes playing on fire, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Take the over. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Kansas City's going to win the game. Look at you trying to split and catch up already. I got my eyes on you, bro. You gotta, I'm watching you. Got to do what you got to do. I'm going to keep it in the NFL <laughs> so if we can run straight through the NFL and then hop over to the fun part of football. The college game. Oof. Seattle. No, I'm kidding. I like that. <laughs> Don't worry. He only says that because he knows I'm an NFL guy. Right. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks uh, taking their trip over to the Atlantic. Yes. The Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and taking on the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> 
two teams who are uh, the Seahawks are two and one on the road, and the Ravens are two and one at home. Who's going to take this one? Oh, a big part of me wants to take Seattle, um, but I know I shouldn't. I'm I'm going to stick with with the old Ratbirds. I'm going to take the Ravens. Uh, Lamar's been been cooking here recently. They're at home. Uh, I, Seattle can be good on the road all they want. Crossing the entire country like that is is never easy for them. Um, yeah, give me Baltimore and their vaunted defense over Seattle. Yeah, I think this one comes down to the defense. I don't think Kenneth Walker gets as going as he has in some of these other games. And DK, who's been frustrated because he hasn't made had a lot of production recently, may run into another tough matchup against the Ravens, even though I've started him in my fantasy, so I'm sure he's going to do just fine. I still just don't think the Seahawks offense has enough to win this one out. I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. Fun one down in Cincinnati. As somebody who grew up in Alabama, it's weird to say down in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati is hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have a 66.9% chance of winning this thing, but since he is the two-point, <laughs> Buffalo has a 66.9% chance of winning it, but since he is a two-point favorite, uh, the Bengals looked a lot better. They did exactly what both of us thought they would do against San Francisco, and they took care of business and got a huge win to get back above 500. The Bills, I've, I have I got a lot riding on the fact that I need them to win the division, though. <laughs> they need this kind of win to help out in a big way on that, but I'll let you choose first, as as we always do. DJ, who wins? Bills, Bengals. Uh, this is another one of those games where the Bills come in and they know they need to win it because they know they need to prove that they're still good and they're still near the top and they can't fall too far behind. I feel like they've been doing that all year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They can't fall too far behind the Chiefs or Dolphins. the Dolphins. Winning this game actually puts them in tied in second place with one of those two teams because one of them is going to lose and be 6-3. and three. So if the Bills win, they'll also be 6-3, and three, exactly where they want to be. I think the Bills come into this game very hungry, motivated, eye on the prize of continuing to prove that they're a top one, two, three team in the AFC and they're going to take care of business. I am also going to take the Bills. Uh, I think it's worth remembering, first of all, that this is uh, the same makeup for the DeMar Hamlin injury last year. So hopefully this is an injury-free game and, and obviously that, you know, there's not too much reminiscent of last year's events. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it is one of two games, just as it was last year, but this is one of two games that is a potential AFC championship game uh, preview with Miami and Kansas City and Buffalo and Cincinnati. And yes, I am taking Buffalo not only to to help in my pursuits of hoping that the Bills win the AFC East for other interests, but also for the Cincinnati Bengals to drop a game because I think it might be a rough week for my Steelers. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I'm going to switch it over to the college game and I'm going to go with the lesser of my two games, Mm. even though they're both pretty big. This one that I'm starting with is Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Obviously an in-state rivalry that always gets things going. Oklahoma coming in as the number nine. Oklahoma State coming in as 22. 80% chance for Oklahoma to win, but only a six-point favorite. And this line is at 60 and a half. I'm just going to let you know right now, before we even pick, smash the smash over. over. If you know anything about rivalries in the Big Ten, if they you, go for like a million points. If you know anything about Bedlam. <laughs> they go for a million points. Uh-uh. Who you got winning this one? Uh, Even I, though it's the last time that this will game will exist as a Big 12 matchup. Oh, if it happens sure in is. 
in the future, it'll be a non-conference matchup between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oh, that felt weird, DJ. I know. I'm sorry. That was the first time I felt weird about conference expansion. Uh, Bedlam is always a fun game. It is 1B to the 1A that is the Red River shootout. Uh, I enjoy this game. That said, Oklahoma's got something to play for this week that I don't think Oklahoma State can can stand up to. Uh, give me the Sooners. I'm not saying big. I'm not saying they're going to cover. I am saying I am in full compliance. Take the over. But I do think the Sooners will win this game and do their best to stay in the running to maybe make the playoffs after a rematch with Texas later this year. I think Oklahoma as well, but I think it's just because they have to bounce back after this loss. Yeah. To Kansas, they have to stay up near the top and try and get into that Big 12 championship game for a shot at the playoff. Uh, your last game. Last one from me is also going to be in the Big 12. Texas. Is Texas really back? They are the number seven team in the country and have a clear path to the CFP if they can pull off a win this week against the Big 12's favorite giant killer, the Kansas State Wildcats. Kansas State's only 6-2. and two. They're not quite as dominant as they have been in past years, but they love to ruin the seasons of either the Texas Longhorns or the Oklahoma Sooners. Can they do it this year? Can they knock off Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns? That game kicks off at noon with the Longhorns just a four-point favorite. Uh, I don't think so. I think now with Texas kind of smelling the blood of being able to have a chance of possibly getting into the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma losing last week, they're in total, con- almost in total control of their destiny because they would still lose the the tiebreaker to them. But they're hoping that you know Oklahoma drops one more to one of these talented teams and that they can ride this out and get into the Big 12 championship and possibly into the CFP as a one-loss team. So I think Texas handles business here. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, much like Oklahoma, Texas realizes that they're still in the driver's seat and there's still plenty they can do to uh, keep those playoff dreams alive. And uh, I don't think Kansas State will get in their way. Although I'll be completely upfront. If there's one game I get wrong this weekend and I won't be upset about it, and it's not because Texas beat, beat Alabama. It's just I wouldn't be upset if I got this wrong because it's exactly why it's on the list. It's because Kansas State wins these kinds of games and it just helps create some chaos. Yeah, Texas <laughs> Texas is only a four-point favorite and smashed the over on 49 and a half for this game as well. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> getting into my last game for the week, none other had to end it on the silver platter that was granted to me this week. LSU will be traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on your Crimson Tide. Your Crimson Tide are only a three-point favorite. The over-under lines at 61 and a half. <laughs> what is going to... <laughs> what's going to happen in this game? Well, this is the first one I'll say don't take me over. <laughs> These two teams play defense against one another, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I told you earlier in the week, I feel very confident about Alabama at this point because their path to the playoffs is alive. And if, if ever there's a team that can put that in perspective and then put it into action, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. I have no fear over Jaden Daniels. I have no fear over whatever the Tigers bring to the table. I will say this in full transparency. This is my favorite rivalry for the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's LSU and Alabama. I, I respect what the Iron Bowl is. This is the rivalry to me. So I expect a good game. I expect LSU to put up the biggest fight they've put up all year. I'm not expecting them to get, you know, roasted like they did get against Florida State earlier this year. But I do not expect them to be able to come into Bryant-Denny Stadium and beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I told you earlier this week that the only times LSU has 
beaten Alabama since Nick Saban left LSU were the two times they went to the national championship. Let me tell you what LSU ain't doing this year. All right. I don't have much to say on this other than I think Bama's going to win because <laughs> I don't think LSU's that impressive this year. And just to recap our games for this week, we're both taking Bama, Texas, OU, Ravens, and Buffalo. And the one game we'll split this week, you take the Chiefs and I'll take the Miami Dolphins. So I can only get one game back. Yay. Or you can just fall one game farther behind. Hey, optimism, sir. <laughs> That's for you. Optimism. I'm, opt- I'm optimizing my side over here. <laughs> That'll do it for us this week. The Michigan Wolverines will host the Purdue Boilermakers tonight here on 95.3 WBCK. Pre-game starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7.30, so keep it locked in right here on BCK. We'll talk to you again next week here at the same time. It's 10 a.m. on Saturdays every day, or excuse me, every Saturday for Mitten Madness. Join Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for Mitten Madness on 95.3 WBCK. Miss the show or want to play it back? Stream Mitten Madness live or on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app.